you know, there were times where I remember hearing the nurses and the, the anesthesiologists talk over me. Oh, well, her blood pressure is dropping or this is happening, this is happening. Where they're, you know, kind of whispering, but I can hear, you know, Emmett's just squeezing my hand and I just concentrated on holding his hand. Welcome to another episode of Moms on the Mic with Mariah. Hello. Today's a cool day. Denise, uh, my cousin's best friend, is coming on to talk about her pregnancy um, at the age of 38, getting pregnant with twins. Really interesting. Very real. Very, very real. I can always rely on her to keep it extremely blunt. But I thought what was interesting about her episode after talking to her is she was a single mother of a son and got pregnant and ended up delivering the baby as a single mother. Fast forward years later, she's now married and pregnant with twin girls, delivers the baby and has a partner during recovery. And I just found it to be very authentic about her experience as a single mother versus now having a supportive partner there for her. And listen, I'm not saying single mothers don't have supportive people around them because listen, it takes a village to raise a child, but There are emotions around, I'm sure, being a single mother, which I discovered from her. And I just really love the realness of it. And also the realness of her recovery from a cesarean with twins. So anybody who's pregnant with twins may want to listen to this episode or a single mother. So I really hope that you guys understand, again, we're not medical professionals and we're just women telling our stories. And I hope you guys respect that and um, enjoy the episode. I mean, this shit gets very real, which I loved. I mean, you'll hear me laughing a lot because it's just so much like me with the bluntness. Um, So I really, really enjoyed it. Anyways, enjoy the episode. Here is Denise. So I'm really excited to have Denise on today. Um, It's my cousin, so this is really, really cool to interview some family. Um, So Denise, welcome to Moms on the Mic with Mariah. Thank you for having me. I'm so honored. You're a really interesting person because you just had little twins, baby girls. Super sweet girls. They're so fucking cute. (laughs) Thank you. Two different people, I will say that. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, How old are you? um, And how did you meet your partner? All right. So um, again, my name is Denise Williams. I am 39 years old. I uh, was a single parent of one, my son, Adrian, who's now 15. I am now a bonus mom. I have three bonus children. And with Adrian and the twins, that makes a total of six children all together with my spouse. And their ages range from 18 to three months. Yeah. So how, um, first of all, six kids, I mean, that's got to be pretty chaotic. Is there ever a moment of peace in that house? Um, yeah, we'll say we do get that. Um, so, uh, of course the kids have their mom. So during the week, it's usually just myself and it and my spouse, um, Adrian and the girls, And then three to four days out of the week, we have Reagan, our daughter, and then the two eldest boys, they're grown. It's hit or miss on some weekends and some days during the week that they'll pop up too. Okay, so you have some peace. And how did you meet um, Emmett? Wow. So I actually met Emmett 
when I was 16. He uh, played football at Virginia Tech. And I met him through a friend that was mutual of ours. And um, things kind of, I don't know, transpired with him and I recently when I moved from Virginia to West Virginia, yuck, um, back in 2018. Um, (laughs) He uh, sells insurance. He has his own insurance agency and he was my insurance agent for my salon. And so when I was closing shop to move and I had to call and cancel my policy, he, you know, was like, oh, what's going on? And I told him and he was like, well, where are you moving to? And I'm like, Martinsburg, West Virginia. And he's like, oh, wow, that's only like an hour for me. And I was like, wait, what? And so he said, well, maybe we can, you know, go out sometime. Cool. And it kind of just blossomed from there. So I really can say I've been with an old friend. And I think that's the best way to start any relationship as friends. So yeah, that's really great. That's yes. really cool. So did you guys always know then that you guys wanted to add on to your family? Because I, you know, I'm not familiar with the whole step parent thing. So how did you guys discuss if you wanted to have more kids? So um, he's 42. I will be 40 in November. And at first we were like, ooh, our kids are almost all grown. So it's like, you know, you're counting down, you know, ooh, we can travel the world and we don't have to worry about anything. And then it's like, um, but will we regret when we're older, not knowing what children of our own would have been like? And then, you know, just going through relationships that we've had in the past that didn't work out, giving it a shot with someone that you know you want to be with for the rest of your life and actually building a family together. Yeah, so I mean, you were older having your kids too, right? So you're twins, like, so how did that work out as far as you planning to get pregnant? Like, did you even try? Did you just do IVF? Like, what did you do in terms of with your age and getting pregnant? So, I mean, just tried old fashioned, getting it in. Um, (laughs) And I will say my twins are actually rainbow babies. I had a miscarriage early of 2021. And, you know, we were kind of devastated because we were literally trying to have a child. Decided to try again, waited a while. And I had some friends um, that I spoke to that went through the same thing. They gave me some ideas and different recommendations as far as, you know, what worked for them as far as uh, conceiving again. What did they tell you, Denise? Like what, what ideas did they have as far as like after a miscarriage of how to conceive? To wait. Um, don't try to rush. Don't try to force it. I was given a great recommendation for some, uh, what are they, prenatal vitamins. And I really just kind of was conscious more of what I ate. Um, I didn't drink as much or, you know, I mean, I'm not really a partier like that per se anyway, but I kind of just was more mindful of my body. Um, And I really tracked downloaded apps or whatever, my cycles to make sure that we were doing what we needed to do at the right times. It worked. I found out I was pregnant by taking a pregnancy test because I just knew my body felt different. And my pregnancy from Adrian, 15 years apart, I just remembered, you know, it was just so easy. Like I, 
I worked all the way, uh, I went into labor while working on someone's hair and was like, well, let me just finish your hair and, you know, I'll see how I feel after, but, you know, I could just finish. No, Denise, you need to go to the hospital. I think I'm fine. That's insane because I was dying from the pain. So. <laughs> It was it was the oddest thing, but he, his, my pregnancy with him was a breeze. My body just felt opposite um, with this pregnancy than it did with his pregnancy. Why do you think that's the case? Like now looking at things backwards, like why do you think you felt a lot different with this pregnancy versus the other one? Well, I thought many factors, one age, just the age difference. And then I was like, you know, you you hear things about uh, if you're carrying boys, you'll your body will react one way. And so I was like, well, maybe I'm just having a girl. And then I was like, no, this is odd. Like I never had any morning sickness with him. I think I got um, a little nauseous one time from putting too much garlic on a slice of pizza and I smelled it and it kind of made me nauseous. But that was the only time throughout my pregnancy I felt sick. Um, I didn't even throw up. And um, I didn't throw up with this pregnancy either, but I just felt so nauseous and I'm constantly drinking um, ginger teas and just, you know, salivating at the mouth, trying to just, you know, troll, not throwing up, even though I didn't have the urge to throw up, I felt like it was coming, but it wasn't, it was, it's hard to explain. And then I was like, you know what? shit, I'm probably having twins, you know, in my head, I was like, I just the way I feel that I'm having twins or something, yeah, right, ha, 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 and I'm like, yeah, who knows, but this is weird, I, like, I, I didn't feel this way with my pregnancy with him. So, okay, so you felt really sick, I understand what that feels like, because I had horrible morning sickness, so what happened when you went to the doctor, and I guess in addition to you going to your first appointment with a provider, did you feel discriminated against because of your age? My first initial doctor's appointment, you know, oh, yep, you're pregnant. There's the baby. And, you know, it looks like you're, you know, this far along. And it's like, okay, well, you know, we'll schedule you for your next upcoming appointment, you know, and then it's so far out because you're just expecting one. And they want to make sure that you're really going to carry this baby. Because I think I was seven weeks at my first appointment. So it's like, you know, we'll see you again in so many weeks, just, you know, and they're not saying it, but I guess to see if you're still going to be pregnant the next time you come. And my next visit, it's like, yeah. And then I, I will say too, being pregnant during a pandemic was not easy. You're limited. You can't have your partner in there with you. I don't know. It was just preface with this when I was pregnant with my son Adrian I did that entire pregnancy without his father um, I was blessed to have family and friends but um his dad was kind of still is a dumbass um he got locked up and I found out he got locked up on Mother's Day of 2006 Oh and that was the same day I found out I was pregnant. Our other cousin, Tia, was like, you're probably pregnant because I didn't feel well. And went out and got me a pregnancy test, I believe, from the dollar store. 
And yeah, I was pregnant. So I found out I was pregnant and he got locked up all on Mother's Day of 06. How was that processing someone being incarcerated and you're pregnant with their kid? It wasn't easy. Um, And then you're like hoping for the best and it's like locked up for what? And I mean, everyone's like, how do you not know, Denise? He was doing armed robberies in the middle of the night. It was the craziest thing. Mother's Day. So before Mother's Day, I went to Jamaica for my grandfather's funeral. I came back and, you know, everything seemed fine. But uh, that week and some change while I was gone, apparently he had been getting it in. And um, when he finally got caught, which was, you know, the night before Mother's Day, I remember I was in the bathroom doing my hair. We had planned on going to church with um, his mother and his grandmother for Mother's Day. And I was doing my hair and he said, well, I'm going to run to the store real quick. I'll be right back. And I had a gut feeling like something just came over me. I cannot explain it. But when he said that and as he was leaving, I just had the most eerie feeling. No, he's not. It was like God was talking to me like, you know, prepare yourself. He's not coming back. Oh, no. I can't explain it. But I didn't see him again outside until, shoot, Deuce was, or Adrian was three, four. I guess you probably have such a polar opposite experience now having Emmett here then. Because now you're pregnant, right, with twins, and now you actually have a partner that's very supportive and really there. So what did you notice on top of COVID obviously being difficult and having to deal with a previous pregnancy where someone was incarcerated? How was it now starting off your pregnancy? You know, obviously you're really sick, but having that support, having twins. I, w- I would say it's a dream come true. You know, any woman that, you know, wishes to be with their spouse, you know, get married and have kids, like, you know, you're just imagining in your head, oh, oh, while I'm pregnant, he's gonna take care of me and just, and literally he did. I mean, I wanted for nothing um, still to this day. Um, I want for nothing. In comparison to what I went through before, I was blessed to have family and friends to just help me through that. And I would cry so many times privately um, during my first pregnancy. Whereas with this one, even though he wasn't able to come to appointments, thank God for modern age technology um, and FaceTime, um, he was there without being there physically. Um, It still hurt he couldn't be present at that time, but eventually things did get better and he was able to come to the appointment. So you're blessed to um, be able to do that. Yeah, it's really sad. I mean, I, um, you know, I know some people right now who are single moms too and pregnant alone and that's got to be hard, you know, bearing that and then trying to take care of yourself. I mean, you're lucky in a sense that you had an easy pregnancy somewhat though with Deuce where you weren't super sick. I mean, that one is just like the only positive I can think of. I mean, it's so hard being without a partner, but at least you weren't super, super sick. Um, but right. that's still just, yeah, it's hard. Um, so then what happened? How did you find out you were having twins, Denise? What happened? Yeah, so my doctor, here I am, you know, 38 at the time. And, oh, well, and I'm telling her, you know, my pregnancy now is way different than it was with my son. 15 years ago, and I know it's a gap, and I'm older, but it just feels different. 
I really don't think she was like really listening to me. And it's just like, oh, well, it's this or it's that. And you're 38. And, you know, let's make sure that you um, take these aspirins every day because women, um, pretty much my demographic, being older and black, tend to have high blood pressure. And we don't want that. And make sure you take care of your diet. And, you know, just all these things she was saying in a nonchalant type of way her bedside manner at that time was not the greatest. I was told, oh my gosh, this is the busiest time ever. Everyone's pregnant. We're having so many babies. And it was just like, boom, boom, boom. All these women waiting in line, you know, for their appointment. I think she was just trying to turn and burn kind of, you know, like, okay, got her out the way next on to the next one. And then being black, it's like, well, usually black women, you know, you guys suffer from this, that, and the other. You have to watch your salt intake and make sure you take these aspirin and don't do this and don't do that. And I'm like... But why was race even brought into it when you're a healthy individual? I guess, like, that's what's interesting to me. Like, why is that even being brought up? Great question. I mean, I worked out. I ate well. I think it was just her seeing what I look like on paper and not really looking at me. I don't really think she followed my health history. It was just um, based on how you look, this is what I need to tell you. You know, when she's putting in all of my information, I'm black, I'm 38, I'm, you know, this, I'm that. And I take home my notes or I'm looking at them up online and seeing you know what all is in the system and I see low socioeconomic status and it's like whoa and so you know I was talking to him about it like low socioeconomic status like where did that come from like I pay for my health insurance I'm like this that and he's like you know if it's bothering you that much maybe you should reach out and so I did I um sent her a nice long message it was a little nasty nice but she came back with her response and was like, I, I'm, you know, I, I apologize. I'm so sorry. Um, that's nothing that I wrote in there myself. That's what kind of populates when you put in certain information for different demographics. And I apologize in no way, shape, form, or fashion do I think that you are of low socioeconomic status. But that is what, and I have Kaiser, so we're all about to, I think, switch next year to something completely different. But um, that's just what was input in the system. That is craziness, like in 2022, that they're like putting people in categories. And for me, I guess what makes me so angry about it is like, does that impact the way the provider sees you as a patient did you feel like that was going to impact you or were you more disoffended by the fact that they're like putting you in these categories and have no fucking idea how much money you have both like did you not think i wasn't going to read this uh <laughs> like you know i'm checking on these notes like i'm in school and I, I wanted to make sure that she knew i was on top of everything please don't count me out i'm not just waiting to give birth <laughs> I want to make sure I'm having a great pregnancy. I want to make sure that you hear me. I want to make sure that we're all on the same page and that you're really listening. And I think that me sending her that nice message made her kind of more in tune with me. 
she sent me personal messages from time to time just saying, you know, hello, checking on you. <laughs> um, outside of appointments, we have a much better relationship now. That really needed to have been said, and I'm so glad that I did say something. And another thing, too, she would call me Nicole. Uh-uh. Yeah, and I'm like, Nicole, my name is Denise. Oh, oh, I, I'm sorry. My name is Denise Nicole Williams. And she's looking at Nicole that came before Denise. My name is Denise. I don't know where you got Nicole. It is my middle name, but I go by Denise. And, you know, I just had to put her in check to make sure that she knew I wasn't playing. And then when it was time, you know, the time was up for visitors in the room and Emmett was able to come, you know, he was pretty much at all the appointments. So she knew that I had support, um, not by myself, pregnant. I'm not the mother of, you know, 12 babies on welfare and, you know, like, I'm, I don't know what possessed the system to populate low socioeconomic status, but that's not me. I mean, my mouth is open in terms of like the fact that this is still going on, you know, in the United States, like where they're, you know, putting people into categories. And I guess the question maybe on everybody's mind listening is why didn't you switch providers? Why did you feel like you owed it to her to stay with her as a provider? Or were you kind of forced? At the time, it was just kind of, at the time it was, it was a lot going on. And it's like to switch providers, like Kaiser is my health insurance and provider. Not to say I was trying to be lazy, but I was like, this is just a lot right now in the middle of the pregnancy. And I chose to stay. And when it's time to um, switch, we definitely will be doing that. At the time, as, as far as switching, I was comfortable with all of my other doctors, dermatologists, just regular family practice doctor. And I was also seeing a psychologist too. So to switch from the provider would be switching from everyone else that I liked also. Yeah. So I guess where does this go now in terms of like, as you're pregnant, well, speaking in the terms of your pregnancy, so you ended up staying with the provider what went on, what transpired as you were going through your visits or what things, I guess, did you notice were going on in a twin, twin pregnancy versus having just a single baby? Like what other things were going on for someone listening who may have twins? With Adrian, like I, I didn't have any symptoms whatsoever as far as morning sickness. I didn't have anything, gestational diabetes or I had no issues with that. And I worked all the way up until I had him. His due date was January 19th. I had him on the 18th. And the only thing that I say I probably suffered from was swelling. With my twin pregnancy, I didn't have any issues with them as far as morning sickness. I never threw up, but just always feeling nauseous. My goal was to have a vaginal birth, but from the beginning, my doctors kept saying, you know, usually with a twin pregnancy, they come early and um, more than likely you would need a C-section. And, you know, just based on things that I've read doing my own research and just trying to 
do what I thought was best for me and what I wanted, I was pushing for a vaginal birth. I went 38 weeks and six days. So I was eight days away from being 40 weeks carrying the twins. And I think I could have, I mean, I know I could have gone longer, obviously, because I had a scheduled C-section, but um, just not having complications whatsoever through the pregnancy, I wasn't pushing myself to have a C-section. Um, what finally, I guess, made me just give in was, you know, hearing about all the different types of complications that can occur during birth can be delivered vaginally and the other, you know, may have to have a C-section. It's like, do you want to do both? Or would you rather do either or? That was one thing. Um, then she was saying just as far as um, complications with the babies themselves and their heart rates and, you know, their position if one is breech and the other one isn't and hope if both are head down, you, you know, that would be great. But even if they're both head down, you could still have complications where one would need to be delivered with a c-section if you you know did have the first one come out vaginally and it was just so many things that they went into and then the size of the babies in their area are they you know able to sustain themselves within my stomach being pretty much full-grown babies and the risk factors with that and the complications that i could have you know just carrying them full term which she was trying to get me to deliver at 37 weeks. And I'm like, you know, I think I am going to wait as long as I can. And, you know, toward the end, I was going to see her probably twice a week, if not at least once a week, but some weeks it was twice a week. Eventually I was just like, you know, let's just schedule it. And, you know, they're 38 weeks and six days if they make it to this date. Um, and I scheduled probably a week, a week and a half before their due date. So, you know, I was like, well, maybe I'll just have them vaginally before the C-section is scheduled. So, you know, I'm doing you know, light exercise, walking, and just trying to see if I can make myself go into labor earlier. And, you know, dad's trying to help me do his thing too. And <laughs> they were not trying to budge. I mean... They were not. Adrian, when I had him, I pushed for maybe 10 minutes. I was in labor, you know, for some hours. But when it was time to push, I pushed for 10 minutes and he came right out. I had an epidural, which with the girls, I wasn't trying to have a, a natural birth as far as without drugs. I knew I wanted to be doped up. I'm not one to have to be in pain. If there's a way that I don't have to be in pain, I would like that route. So I knew for sure I was going to do an epidural. I wish I would have waited to push them out or at least try to push them out and they would both come out vaginally. I'll say this. So when I, when we went to the hospital, the day of delivery. I had a great, when I say the most awesome team of nurses, you know, they strapped me up to all the heart monitors for the babies. And I had to have two monitors on my belly, you know, for them to monitor each one. One of the nurses were like, did you know that you're in labor? And I was like, no. She was like, yeah, you're contracting like very frequently. You're in labor right now. I couldn't feel the difference. Like I'm just laying on the table, like really? I'm in labor? 
And she's like, yeah, what made you want to do a C-section? Like, why are you having a C-section? I was like, you know, well, the doctor said, thought it was best. She kind of rolled her eyes. Like, you know, this is something that's not new to her. She's heard it all before. She wouldn't say so much to me trying to remain professional, I guess, in her work setting as to why she rolled her eyes. But I kind of read the room and her when she did that, like, here we go again. She was like, you're really in labor right now, but everything should go well. And then there was a point in time where the, um, while the babies were hooked up to the monitors, that one baby's heart rate dropped. And I remember Emmett, he was like, something's not right. He was so scared because they, the one nurse kept calling for doctors to come into the room to check. And they kept changing my, I guess, what is it called? The monitor itself, I guess not, what is it, a port or whatever? They connect to your belly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were doing that with me, kind of moving it around to see if it would change things. Yeah, that, and then they were like, well, maybe it's not working properly. I don't know. So they changed that thing probably like three times, and then they were so nervous, and then they were not necessarily trying to rush it along, but, you know, at that moment where they're not saying so much, but you can kind of gather what's going on because they're talking all around you. When it was time to give birth and that he, you know, got dressed and everything and- Were you panicking? I w- having him with me, no. It was, it was a, so many people. And the doctor was even like, you know, with you having twins, it's pretty crowded room, but we just want to have a team for each baby. So it was nurses for each baby. And my anesthesiologist, he was the bomb. I, I don't know what he threw in that cocktail, <laughs> but oh my gosh. I, I've, well, other than implants, I've had like serious surgery before. Um, and to be awake during something like that, where they're literally gutting you like a fish and like moving your intestines and pushing things around to get human lives up out of you, to be awake for that is amazing. So Emmett, you know, he held my hand. He was, cause you know, they have a curtain blocking you and what's going on on the other side of your belly. And, you know, he's holding my hand and I was like, you know, I can't feel anything. Doctors, can you feel this? Can you feel that? No, I didn't even know they had already cut me open when they were asking if I could feel certain things. I thought they may have been poking me just to, you know, see if I could feel. Baby A came out, Emma, just as quick. And I was like, dang, the baby's out. And she was like, yeah, we got baby, baby A. And so they um, held her up and they were like, dad, would you like to come over and cut the cord? And he went over there, cut the cord. And then baby B came out and he was, you know, watching. And he was, he came back and was like, oh my gosh, I've never seen so much blood before in my life. He was like, oh my gosh, how are you still alive? And I'm just laying there like, really? They got the babies out? I, I don't know what he put in that pipe, but I did not feel a thing. The only thing I felt was the needle going into my back, but that wasn't even that bad. You know, there were times where I remember hearing the nurses and the the anesthesiologists talk over me. Oh, well, her blood pressure is dropping or this is happening, this is happening. Where they're, you know, kind of whispering, but I can hear, you know, Emmett's just squeezing my hand and I just concentrated on holding his hand. And with my right, he was holding my left hand. And with my right hand, I just kept tapping my fingers together, my pointer and my thumb, just tapping. And I'm like, if I can do this, I know I'm alive. 
mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Like it was scary, but he just gave me a peace. We had the longest prayer before we were in the room to have the baby. So, you know, I know the Lord knew the Lord was with me, but just hearing all the machines, all the people, all the chatter, like it's all this, you know, going on for just me. And then the babies too, but it was, it was a lot of people in that room. It had to be at least, I'm going to say 20 people. It was a lot, but one was born at 121. The other was born at 123 on 2222. Wow, that's cool. I know. So it was a blessing that we saw them both. Both came out fine, both beautiful. Everything was normal. As my pain medicine started to wear off, like you just don't know how much you take for granted. To just sit up out of the bed in the morning is a blessing. I could not do that for weeks, like to just get up. Mm -hmm. Like I had to have help. I had to support myself if no one was around, if I had to pee, to find something to stabilize myself, to sit up, to get off the bed. It was just the worst feeling in the world to know that I was so just unable to do for myself normal everyday things that you don't even think about. I was in pain. I had heating pads. I watched all these YouTube videos on how to prepare and what I would need. And just, you know, with my scar and making sure it was kept clean. How do you do that? How do you keep your scar clean? And what materials would someone listening probably need to prepare for a C-section? The heating pad. Oh my gosh. And to stay on top of your meds. So they'll prescribe you... I was prescribed Oxy, Ibuprofen, Motrin, and, you know, they told me to take it, you know, within a certain schedule. I stayed on top of those. When I ran out, because we weren't able to make it to the pharmacy to pick up my prescription, so I just had what I had left over from the hospital, that was hell for those hours to wait for Emmett to come back from the um, drugstore to get them. Do not skip your meds. Like when they say to stay on top of them, stay on top of them. Make sure that you do not overexert yourself. When you're on your medication, you don't feel the pain. You don't feel tightness. You don't feel anything. So you feel like you can do what you would normally do and you really cannot. Um, Luckily, I didn't like rupture any stitching or anything like that, but I do know or have heard stories of women that thought they could lift a couch or something and like had to go back and get all their stitches because they pretty much busted open the the wound it I I woo I did not want to risk having to be sewn up again like I just I took it very easy <laughs> and I had great care I will say that too if you were going to go back and have I'm just speaking hypothetically okay if you were to have another child now knowing vaginal now knowing cesarean, what would you do? Would you try to deliver the baby on a VBAC or would you have another C-section now knowing what you know? If I could deliver vaginally, I would deliver vaginally. Like that's what our bodies are made to do. 
unless it was like a serious emergency and they had to cut me open to get the babies out with, you know, fear of the babies or myself, you know, dying, then so be it. But the surgery, I'm still recovering. Like there are days where like I'm constipated. It might take a couple of days for me to have like a full like bowel movement. I'm, you know, still taking fiber and, you know, making sure that I eat right to be able to have my um, intestines move. I still feel numb in the area around my incision, not where the incision is, but my lower uh, abdomen and like my, like not in my vaginal area, but like above like my coochie. Mm-hmm. It's still um, numb. My ass is numb. I'm assuming from the uh, epidural in my back, like my butt cheeks are numb. They're not as numb as they were maybe a few weeks ago, seeing as how I had them. They're three months old. Today would make, today makes 13 weeks. So yeah, I still have some numbness. The scar, like who wants a scar? It's not bad at all. As the weeks progress, it's like really hard to tell or see that it's, you know, there. It took a lot. And then I had a few appointments that I, you know, called in for because I was like, you know, my incision is still like leaking. Like I'm still, you know, seeing some uh, moisture and this is where I was pissed. So my nurse in the hospital you know, they, they stitch you up and then they give you the um, Steri strips mm-hmm. over your um, scar. And so the nurse in the hospital said, do not pull the Steri strips off. When you bathe, just use warm water and soap and they'll gradually kind of come off on their own. Do not pull them off. Let them fall off on their own. But make sure you wash your wound with, you know, just regular soap and water. When I went to my doctor's office for my um, two-week checkup to, you know, look at my incision, the nurse was like, wait, you still have these on? No, these need to come off. No, the nurse in the hospital told me that they should be washing off on their own. And some of them did fall off. Some of them didn't. I wasn't pulling anything off of me, you know, like I'm bathing daily. I'm making sure that it's clean. If it comes off, it comes off. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I'm listening to what she told me in the hospital. No, these need to come off. Uh Uh-uh. She ripped those shits off. (laughs) Cussed her out. And, oh, you feel that? Yes, I feel that. And so she's like, oh, well, they're all off now. Bitch. Um, so now what? Just um, make sure that you keep it clean so that I don't put anything else over it. No, just um, keep it clean and make sure it stays dry. So when I bathe, which I was doing before um, I took it off, like I had to use a blow dryer on cool and literally dry that area. So like, you know, if I was to use a towel and pad dry, but to make sure it was completely dry, I had to use a blow dryer on cool or lay back on my stomach, butt-ass naked on the bed and let it just kind of air dry because I just had babies, so the skin isn't tight. So I had a fupa, like a super fupa at this point where it's either lay back and dry it or stand up and dry it with a blow dryer. And, you know, keeping it dry wasn't easy because with a, you know, a fupa is one thing, but a super fupa 
if you're hot, you're sweating and it's getting dirty. And then I'm still seeing where there's discharge. I make another appointment to go back to the doctor. My um, doctor wasn't able to see me at the time. So another doctor within the office was able to see me. Same nurse. And so she's like, um, the doctor will be in soon. Okay. The doctor comes in and she's like, um, you don't have any stair strips. I said, no, this nurse over here, the last time I came. Good. It's like this nurse over here told me to take them off or took them all off and said that, you know, they should have been off. Whereas I heard from the nurses in the hospital, they told me to keep them on and let them fall off. She was like, no, you definitely need to keep them on. And so the nurse said, ripped them off. She was like, oh, I thought she needed to take them off. No, she needs to have them on. She pretty much checked her there in front of me, which, you know, I appreciate it. But I'm like, y'all need to all get on the same damn page here. Like, there's a lot of risks that can happen with a, a, a scar in that area. One, the amount of moisture that can just come from just everyday living. If I'm sitting, it's covered and can get moisture but to know that it's still an open wound because there's nothing covering it was pissing me off because she ripped it off and so that doctor she um she said everything looks fine as far as the scar itself but with the discharge she made sure that um she cleaned it more with whatever medical grade type of antiseptic they had and she um replaced some stair strips areas that may not have mended all the way, which was where the discharge was coming from. And so then she gave me the rest of the pack of the stair strips that she used. And she said, if they fall off, replace them. Thank you. Here we are 13 weeks later. My scar looks amazing now. And I had so many questions about the scar with my physician who didn't even deliver me my, um, gynecologist that I've had for the past couple of years who I went to all these doctor's appointments with, she didn't even deliver me. A doctor I I saw maybe once when she was on vacation um, delivered me. And she did really well with um, stitching me back up. I will say that um, because I was really concerned about the scar and just the healing process too. Because I mean, I will fall into a rabbit hole on YouTube watching videos of what can go wrong. So I'm glad none of that happened. Um, The extent of it was just a minor discharge that I was staying on top of just because, and I'm glad that was it. But I'm all sealed up now. Everything looks pretty much back to normal, but I still suffer from some numbness in my butt. Um, Just, I don't know, recovering from that versus recovering from a vaginal birth Like I went back to work in two weeks after a vaginal birth. I couldn't do that with the C-section. Like, (laughs) I, I, I mean, it was just, it took a lot out of me physically, just my abdomen. Like you, your abdomen is like the main muscle group of your body. Like to support your back, I had back pains. My abdomen itself had pains. It was just, it was a lot. It was a lot during recovery. It sounds like a lot. Um, but I like I do appreciate you really getting into the nitty gritty of it because this is stuff like people probably never hear. It's just like, okay, I recovered from the C-section. Maybe it was tough. And I think for listeners, I think this will really help them to understand the tools that they need and really how to avoid these potential problems that could come. Yeah, and you 
have that reference point of having a vaginal delivery. I did another interview with a mom who delivered vaginally, then had twins, then did a, a VBAC, and same thing with her. She said that recovery is horrific from a cesarean. So I think maybe when you have that reference point, and I don't know, maybe it's even harder, you know, because you know what it's like to deliver vaginally. Yeah. You know, as we conclude the interview, what well wish would you send to a mother having twins or what advice would you offer to them as they get ready for delivery and as they are pregnant with twins? Stay on top of your physician, do your research, and make sure you have a great support system while you're pregnant and definitely after you give birth. With a twin pregnancy, like I really went beyond full term for a twin pregnancy of 37 weeks. Like I went beyond that. Definitely get a back brace. Like I barely gained any weight anywhere in my body except for my stomach. When I was pregnant with my son, I gained a good... 80 pounds with one. With two, I gained 40. Wow. And I delivered a six pound, 15 ounce baby, baby A, Emma, and baby B was five pounds, 15 ounces. So let's round that up. That's seven plus six, which equals, what's that, 13? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 13 extra pounds of human beings plus their placenta or sacs. I would definitely recommend a back brace. I would recommend um, a heating pad. Even if you don't have a C-section, the, he the heating pad worked wonders for my back um, while I was pregnant. A, su a support pillow for sleeping. Um, trying to sleep with one is hard, so imagine two. <laughs> And just, I don't know, make sure that you savor the moment. When I was pregnant, you know, knowing where baby A was, knowing where baby B was inside of me and just feeling them both move at different times and just, you know, the feeling of having life inside of you. Like it's a, it's a beautiful thing. It's like, oh my gosh, my body is freaking amazing. Like, I can't believe I'm doing this. And then, you know, here I am. And all I heard during my pregnancy as well was geriatric, geriatric pregnancy. My geria my old ass is carrying twins. I would definitely recommend a back brace. I would recommend a body pillow. I would recommend just, you know, a diary, like the savoring moments that you may forget after you give birth. Um, I also recommend different types of apps. So I know that I downloaded the Ovia app. It was good for me. Um, I use that to track my ovulation as well as my pregnancy. And just seeing, you know, week by week, the size of the babies inside of me related to different animals or different foods. And it was neat. Let's see, what do I recommend? Do take it easy. And make sure that you give yourself grace while you're pregnant, during labor or during birth and after. Your body is amazing and it can do so much, but please, whatever you do, make sure that you have adequate rest and health. It's hard enough to deliver one baby, but to have two, it's really, it can be trying. Amazingly enough, I did not have any issues as far as 
you know, high blood pressure, gestational diabetes, anything other than some headaches here or there, where I think that was caused from me sitting too much and I had to stand up and move around. But definitely give yourself grace and know that your body, like you're a human being and you are amazing and can do this, but at the same time, you do need rest. As far as other things that I recommend, a lot of um, ice packs, if you need that for your vaginal area and Mariah, like you warned me as far as a vaginal birth things that I would need for that. Cause I do remember when I had Adrian, I had to have some stitches. I, I didn't need certain things with a C-section as you would for a vaginal birth, but you still will bleed out like, you know, having extra long periods. So I do recommend a lot of hospital grade pads or diapers, very comfortable granny panties very comfortable loungewear, um, robes, anything that can unbutton if you're breastfeeding. I'm still nursing my two. Just making sure that you are good so they are good. So love on yourself so that you can give love. And any help that people are willing to give you, accept it. I mean, as much as you can say, I got it, I got it. You know, no, you don't. And if you do, act like you don't and take advantage of it while you can because every little bit helps. Well, I appreciate it, Denise. I think this has been a very eye-opening thing for me as far as cesareans and hearing about that and also twin pregnancies. And I really wish you, obviously, a lot of luck with the babies. And um, I just really appreciate you stepping forward. Yeah, you're a great mom. So thank you. I appreciate you for coming on. Thank you. Anytime. If I can think of anything else I could share, I definitely will. (laughs) Let me know. Well, thanks, Denise. I appreciate it. No problem. Thanks again for listening to another episode of Moms on the Mic with Mariah. We will see you all back here again next Monday. Go ahead and follow us on Spotify, Apple, and any major podcast platforms. On Apple Podcasts, rate and review us. Follow us on IG, YouTube, and TikTok at Moms on the Mic with Mariah. And let me know what issues you guys would like to hear on the podcast and any feedback. And also, if you'd like to come on and tell your story, go ahead and throw me a DM. Thanks again, and we'll see you guys next Monday. Another story from another lovely person. See ya.